it's, it's hard, I, w- I would say, in general, to like find um, the people that are are just trying something um, on their own. In general, probably there there's a lot more people trying to create their business. But what I found after you know finishing a business school is that a lot of people are just going into either banking and con- or consulting. So from my sort of let's say bubble, um, there are not that many people just just trying to build their own business and. Um, it's it's not easy, I would say. It's um, I probably worked much more on my business than than in consulting, so I wouldn't recommend if, if someone is looking to chill. And there's there's a saying that you know you quit your 80 hour uh, work um, week job to work 100 hours on your own business, uh, and I think that's true. But yeah, I would love to love to meet more people that are sort of you know striking on their own and, and doing something you know online business related. How do you build a six-figure business next to your job in strategy consulting? This week's guest is Axel Gruber, who built an affiliate business for sales and marketing software products that made him around six figures a year while working for LEK Strategy Consulting in London. Axel tells us about his first step, self-management, learning how to code, and answers questions on niche picking, how he accelerates his personal development on the go, and also sheds light on the downsides of the journey and the things which would help him most right now. Thank you for this super insightful on the ground report, Axel, and happy new year, everyone. Let's dive right in. Axel, pleasure to have you here. Um, Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me. Um, Glad to be here. Man, just in, as we already spoke about in 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 the previous minutes where we caught up, like you went from architect to strategy consultant who builds bootstrapped six-figure businesses on the side or has with fine fine stack um yeah can you give us some of your background your story like how did you come to where you are right now and what are you doing right now yeah sure so it's been uh it's been a journey uh on my side um i think you know going going back started with architecture decided that's that's sort of not my thing but still wanted to really build stuff um, so that was sort of on the back of my mind. Um, um, decided to um, do my master's in management, um, so close to business, get some get some insights into how how to do things. Um, after that, uh, strategy consulting, fairly standard. Um, already during that time, and, and at the at, at the end of my my master's, um, I was sort of dabbling into different types of businesses. Did drop shipping for a bit. COVID hit. Um, obviously that didn't work out. So sold that for a cap of thousand dollars just to recoup the costs of sort of, you know, running the business and refunds. So that was, that was definitely a lesson. Um, and then, um, decided, okay, I have to do something that, you know, matches my skill set at the time. So I didn't know how to code. So I really wanted to be in sort of the, the tech, uh, world, but without that, you know, my options were limited. Um, and I wanted to do something online um, just because I, I seen a potential there. So I focused on on sort of affiliate marketing for a bit. So started with the content business um, that was focused on promoting software. Um, that's something I knew from my stint in venture capital for a bit. So did an internship there. Obviously knew that software is great for for the margins, for scalability, lots of demand. So found a niche in terms of promoting such products 
Um, and that over time, over sort of the, first, the, the last year of my master and um, my, my sort of time uh, in strategic consulting grew into um, sort of mid six figures um, fairly quickly. So that was, um, I would say, fairly unexpected. Um, that being said, obviously a lot of work was put into creating content, finding the right keywords. Um, a lot of that was SEO based. So that's, um, you know, one of the, the drivers of growth um, and, and the skill that I needed to learn um, over time um, that uh, was, I guess, doable without coding. Um, and fast forward um, during last year, le learn to code because that was definitely, definitely needed um, and started a couple of new projects. And are you still solopreneuring? So I was working with a couple of freelancers, um, also an agency um, that was helping me out um, at, during the sort of the phase of growth of Einstack. Um, right now, downsized a bit, decided to sort of focus on profit. So um, going back to solopreneuring uh, for now, um, I think it's one of the traps, I guess. Um, once you get to the point where you can do a lot of stuff yourself, You either learned that or you already had those skills before. Um, it's tempting to do everything by yourself. And um, I think that's that's one of the things I'm trying to sort of, you know, um, uh, unlearn um, how to, you know, um, basically delegate and, and how to find the right people. And, and it's not easy. I think it's it's easier to learn the task rather than unlearn it and, and find the right person to do it for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier to learn the task than to unlearn it and find the right person to do it for you. Do you still hear me? Yeah. Can you elaborate on this? Sure. Um, so let's say um, you know how to do SEO, right? You can do the whole sort of keyword research um, and, you know, finding people to connect with, to um, get your website featured on their website um, by yourself, right? So you can, you can do the outreach, you can um, do every single step of the process by yourself, or you can find, you know, a freelancer that is really good, that has done that, you know, for quite a lot of other clients, or even better, if you think longer term, you can find um, a person sort of on your team full time that is doing that, um, you know, uh, assuming that you have enough work um, workload. So I think those are, The next steps um, that I'm, I'm figuring out, I had freelancers and that was, that was working okay-ish, but then, you know, I started a couple of different projects. I didn't have that much time for that one particular project. So that didn't really make sense to have someone sort of, you know, uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's hard because, um, uh, you know, I think the time is, is a scarce resource and, you know, um, there's always a temptation to, um, you know, for some people at least, do everything by yourself. And um, I think, you know, entrepreneurship is, is probably a way forward to really grow the business long-term. Um, otherwise, you're, you're sort of stuck in, in some, at some level. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, maybe just to wrap this intro up a bit, have you already mentioned the two projects you're working on right now? No, I didn't. So basically, um, I... Focus on Feinstack for you know the the two years um, university and and consulting um, at at the point where the business grew to the extent where I was comfortable with it 
I quit consulting and decided, okay, it's it's a bit of time for me to learn a new skill. Um, so I really wanted to learn code just for myself as well as ability to really understand how such pro sort of products are built, right? So if I intend to stay in that realm for long term, it makes sense. So I did that, um, went for a course in London for a few months, um, and that was you know, um, a huge change in terms of my understanding and the skills. So I decided to put that into work and um, created a job board. So think of, you know, either well-found or a couple of remote job boards that you've probably been to, something similar. Um, on top of that, I've added a few AI features um, and sort of, you know, started coding that, let's say, at the end of the course in March and then launched it in June um, and right now grew that to around um, 150,000 um, visitors a month. So that's, that's, that's growing nicely, reflecting sort of, you know, the demand for jobs and, and um, also, um, I guess, in general, the demand in HR space for sort of, you know, a place where you can find um, remote jobs specifically um, in a relatively easy manner with, you know, all the filtering and, additional features you need in the modern day and age. Yeah, totally. Like I, I really like the platform. What I actually love doing is the, uh, or I would, would have loved to try, but I didn't create, I think I actually created an account. Anyways, the AI cover letter generator, yeah. I would have loved to test. I think it's a great lead gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's lead gen it's, tool. It's, it's a good one. Um, yeah, so we basically, what I was struggling with right now, despite, you know, the traffic, is how to monetize it properly, right? There are quite a lot of platforms um, that are basically uh, charging on a per post basis. So the company needs to, you know, create a job listing and, and mm. you, you charge for that. Um, obviously, in the current market, that's a bit um, challenging um, for, for a new entrant, right? Because there are quite a few more established platforms. So what I was, um, you know, trying out was uh, monetizing the job seekers those additional features so for example you've got a couple of credits when you run out for you know cover letter generation that is um, tailored to specific job listing or you know for resume hosting so you can send a link of your resume to someone else or a couple of other things and um, there is a sort of ongoing subscription and, and that grew to um, you know a um, couple of grants a month um, so you know fairly happy with I guess iteration and sort of trying different pricing strategies and if that's something you know long term and permanent not sure but i think it's adapting to the market conditions and you know creating a pricing that reflects that yes yeah, super cool like we could double click or go super deep because i've been interested in the hr space and all of those topics for a very long time now like looked at models like levels.fyi in the us do you know them yeah yeah totally yeah, levels or like ESOP from France is cool. It's of course, a different angle. Like they help you issue equity across borders. Um, like it's different. It's not a platform. Anyways, uh, what I wanted to say, but let's, let's still, let's finish the intro with your third project, which might be the best project of all of them. <laughs> yes. I think, um, let's let, yeah, let's leave the, the, the best one as, as the last one, right? <laughs> Cherry on top. Um, no, I'm kidding. But um, I think what's nice about learning to code or having sort of some technical skill is that you're um, able to iterate quickly and sort of come up with, with an idea and and 
um, just build that over the weekend. So that's an example of that, right? It wasn't built in the, in, the, in the weekend, it was more of a week, but basically I had an idea um, which stemmed from the fact that I was trying to do something with a co-founder in the AI space for a bit. And, you know, the OpenAI Dev Day came and our project was okay. Well, that's not, you know, um, viable anymore just because what we wanted to do, which was basically enterprise search, um, started to become much easier. So I um, decided, okay, I don't want to build something really hard with AI. Let's build like a tiny sort of thin wrapper on top of OpenAI. Uh, it's going to only take me a week. And I thought, okay, what's the funny space I can I can do that in? So I, I thought of dating, um, you know, and thought of, okay, what about using ChatGPT to create like a dating assistant, which can basically review your profile photo. It can, you know, be a sparring partner for you. So you can, you know, chat with AI, like with a person and, and um, basically see if you're, you're having enough game uh, or you can, you can treat that as a, as a dating assistant to sort of, you know, review what you're writing or um, understand um, the emotions that yeah, the other person has based on, you know, the, the message that you uploaded, for example, right? So different modes um, that, you know, took me literally around a week to build from the idea to a finished product with a Stripe, um, you know, um, integration um, and subscription. And um, it, it's been fun. Um, if I'm going to monetize it properly and sort of promote the hell out of it, um, let's see. Um, I created a TikTok account, so mm. <laughs> that's a good starting point. Um, but uh, it's it's something you know definitely outside of my comfort zone in terms of more of a B two B type projects before, um, mm -hmm. um, or or sort of you know some ref reflection of of, of um, business related purchases. Uh, whereas this this one is totally B two C. Um, but um, I think yeah, um, just just finishing off. I think. It's important to have fun sometimes and, and just, you know, if you have an idea, just go for it if it's quick. Um, and sometimes from what I've seen, it can yield even better results because you haven't really spent that much time on it. And, and then you can market and distribute it, um, which is, is the name of the game um, today, to be honest. Um, so um, let's, you know, uh, circle back in a year and let's see how, how where, where that goes. Mm -hmm. Nice, but I think you haven't said the name yet, right? It's it's called Rispow. It's um, Rispow. It's an amazing name. It's an amazing name. <laughs> Let's say it again. Yeah, I think the domain I... was cheap, actually. <laughs> it was like fifteen bucks or something. So I was surprised that it's still available. <laughs> so right after this, like at thirteen minutes, around thirteen minutes, I will now. If you're cool with it, I will create an own an own advertisement for Rispow. Thirty seconds. Axel, like, I think what's super interesting for me and probably also for many other people out there is like doing your first steps. Like you finished HEC and Yale, you were, you entered LEK and then at what point were you like, okay, I want to start a side business or a, a, like, how did you, how did you get your feet in the water? Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. And I think, you know, maybe I wasn't, you know, too clear about it. I started my side business already probably in the last year of my uni, right? So in the last year of my master's, I started it. And that was really important part because 
if I would do that when I was working and, you know, as we know, all know strategy consulting, that's probably 70, 80 hour, um, you know, work week at least. Um, so that wouldn't leave me with much time to, you know, even think of an idea. Right. Um, so I already had to have something working for me. Um, otherwise it would be, it would be hard. So, um, that started at uni when I had more time. And I think that what I would recommend most of the people is the time when you have, you don't really have many responsibilities. You can just try things out. Um, you know, the downside cost is, is just your time. Um, so I think, you know, if, if you have something that you can start with not much capital, um, go for it. Um, you, you can, you can use that time to, you know, try a couple things, see what works and then, then focus on sort of growing that and, and that what I did um, and that what you know enabled me to sort of continue working on that when I was already having a full-time job and um, get to the point where I was okay well clearly my job is making way more than I'm, I'm doing from you know um, I mean my project is doing way more than I'm doing from my day job um, I can you know comfortably um, basically um, finish my day job focus on my you know projects full-time and see where that goes right and, and that gives you a lot of flexibility to learn new skills and sort of navigate around how you spend your time and how did you get into this like how did you come up with building a and what was the first thing was it fine stack or was it the drop shipping thing it was fine stack ah, okay it was fine stack yeah i mean so fine stack is more or less and correct me if that's wrong it's like a g2 log it's like a software comparison site for b2b software right yeah yeah basically basically it's 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 something around that model um so sorry with affiliates right now um i'm basically rebuilding the platform because it was built on on top of wordpress which is a blogging platform which is totally not made for that mm -hmm. so it's it's one of the you know learnings which is start with whatever you know whatever you think it's okay for that specific you know point in time and and stage and then invest more resources to, to make it, you know, proper um, if, if the idea works out. Um, so um, it's, it's more of a G2, G2 of, um, of software. It's, it's uh, much more niche focused mainly on marketing uh, and sales products. Um, and then sort of, you know, adding additional categories and trying to think of, of an angle that would make it stand out. So thinking of adding a couple of AI features to sort of, you know, summer summarize the product or, or sort of compare it with others but still still very much in in, in sort of um in the works and did you have so how did you get into the affiliate into the entire affiliate game like i think that so, so i'm just trying to unravel every every uh, layer which we have on the starting topic so it's like if i understand it correctly you just basically helped promote software products when you say you started with affiliate right Yes. So for those who don't know, affiliate model is sort of basically you don't have a product. Um, you go to other vendors saying, hey, I want to promote your product, right? So they, they already have something that you can sell. Um, they either have an existing affiliate program or, you know, you, you just strike a deal with them um, on a, on a one-off basis where you say, okay, in, in exchange for providing your leads or providing your sales, depending on, on how, how you go about this, um, I'm going to get a certain percentage of commission um, if I'm successful, right? So all you have to do is sort of create some sort of platform 
um, or you know people do that in many ways. You can do ads, but that's trickier. Um, where you extend the reach um, and provide them with additional distribution channel, um, and it's it's basically a win-win you know type of business model because you only win when they win, and they're very much happy to 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 strike that type of deal. Um, um, and if you're successful. Um, you can you can scale that pretty quickly because you don't have your own product that you're working on. Someone else is working actively on improving that product and you know improving the conversion rates on that product. So you only have to get to the stage where a person is interested in that product, and then they 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 take care of the rest. And yeah, it's, it's it's a great way to also monetize a marketplace at the early stage. What I found because it's really hard to you know I guess. Um, convince the vendors to pay you upfront for like a listing or, you know, a subscription to be, be featured, but it's much easier to convince them, look, I'm only going to make money when you're going to make money. Um, and that's way how I bootstrapped it to, to certain stage. Um, right now it's, it's becoming trickier because I'm in like, you know, a cap of hundred affiliate programs. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously to manage that, um, it's, it's much nicer to, have sort of one subscription that people just sign up to and, and, and then, um, you know, scale with that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I think now it's very clear how you started it and how it grew. So you probably like, that's also to the last question here, like the day you had the idea or the day you were like, oh, okay, let's go into affiliate. Maybe you read it somewhere. Maybe someone told you, uh, can also elaborate on that. Um, like, how did you start then? Did you start with 10 deals and just spin up your own website and then start getting into SEO? Or what was the first 100 days? What did they look like from a high-level perspective? Yeah, I, I wish I would remember. <laughs> no, um, I think in general, like how I stumbled on it was, okay, you just go online and, you know, you, you search for like, you know, the best business models or like, you mm. know, um, things you can um, do online in terms of creating a business. And, and then you just, just go through that list and see what fits you, right, in terms of the skills needed and um, the, the, the desire to spend, you know, a lot of time on ads, for example. I, I did that with, with dropshipping for, for a tiny bit of time, and I knew that that's really, really hard to, you know, keep the ads running profitably. Um, and that's something I don't want to do. So I already crossed that out of the list. And then I was just left with a with few things that I could do potentially and and i just tried affiliate um, and it worked um in in terms of you know the 100 days and and the the the, the steps i i knew that the model is usually to start with the website right so i had to learn how to set up a website so a lot of you know um guides um available online on that so that that's fairly easy nowadays i would say um and then you just create content right you have to learn about not only um, how to, you know, write that content, which I, I quickly started outsourcing, um, but also mm. how to structure it properly. So, you know, it's visible by Google and, and, um, it's also helpful for the reader in terms of navigating for your site and, and creating some sort of, you know, content hubs, um, that are, um, fairly natural for the reader to, to navigate, um, across your website. What did you find the best resources on this stuff? Like it's, did you just read general blogs, watch YouTube videos, buy a course, ask friends? Yeah, so I, I, 
I did buy a course of it at some point, but it was like a fairly, you know, cheap one from like Udemy or something just to get the basics right. Um, and then I found there are a lot of free resources online, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like um, a company that creates a tool for like, you know, the, the, the go-to SEO tool called Ahrefs, um, um, where you can do keyword research and backlink analysis and all that stuff. That sounds complicated, but it's not. Um, they they have an amazing blog section about you know how to start with SEO and all the all the details um, that you need to to you know for the beginners to to advanced users. So I think if in general, in terms of knowledge, there is just so much available. It's more about sifting through that and, and seeing what is is the right thing for your stage, um, and then just just having the time and um, motivation to, 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 to learn. I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. Um, Hey, speaking of time, particularly of time, like when you were at LEK and you were like doing PE due diligences, I think, as you said before, like you probably worked 70, 80 hours a week. Like how did you, the project was fortunately, of course, already, semi-running like you've done it for six months or something like how did you juggle this and how was it mentally also like how did your days and, and weeks and weekends look like and how did you manage yourself yeah so that the project was running actually for a bit more than that so it was probably more than, than a year um so that i got to the point where um already had you know people that are helping me with writing um already um had um, a virtual system that was sort of handling um, the day to day and in terms of um, running the business and, and sort of answering some emails that you know potential vendors were sending um, and also that was a point where I was starting to to work with an agency so I think that that was um, my time uh, commitment which was on the lower side was reflecting you know additional um, needs to 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 hire more people to to sort of keep that running and, and grow that. Um, so obviously you, you have to adapt, but at the same time, um, I was spending still, you know, let's say additional 10, 15 hours a week, at least, uh, on, on that. And that was mainly during the weekends, to be honest, or like when I had a bit of a downtime, um, in, in my day job, you know, sometimes working remotely, I would just log out and log in, um, quickly to, to, um, see how things are going. Um, so um, one has to be nimble. Uh, also, um, caveat to that is that, you know, I just work a lot in general. So um, mm-hmm. obviously that's not, you know, I wouldn't advise that for anyone to like mm-hmm. work so much on top of, you know, a relatively demanding um, yeah. full-time job. But I think I knew that I, I at the point um, in time where, where I was, I knew that I don't want to stay in consulting for long term. So that was an extra motivation to, to, to really, you know, work on that so I can, I can, you know, focus on the next stage as soon as possible. Speaking of like, um, of, the, uh, now you mentioned the 10 to 15 hours of, of time you can put into the project and having this job at the same time, prioritization and effective work, like not busy work, like just being online and not sleeping and drinking 16 coffees, but like actually doing the right things, right? Uh, how do you go about working on the right things? How do you think? What, do you have any mental models of prioritization and stuff? Uh, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a good question and not an easy one. 
um, it's, it's still work in progress very much. So, so one thing that I realized, and, and that took me probably a last year, is that I prefer to work on one thing at a time. So I started quite a lot of different things, right? At, at, at the highest point, I was juggling four different projects. So it was Feinstack, it was, um, you know, the job board remotely, um, and it was an AI Whisper. project that I was working with a co-founder. Um, and then there was, there was something else. So um, at that point, I was like, okay, great. I'm, you know, dabbling in all those different business models and, and businesses. But um, what I noticed is that I just don't focus on any single thing. Um, and that means that all of them are doing okay-ish, but nothing is like growing properly. Um, so I think the key is, is focus. And I'm starting to refocus on, on that one project that was most successful right now. Um, and, and trying if that works. Because um, um, I think at the end of the day, it's it's more about like, how do you feel about each one of them? And if you don't feel that they're creating an extra value, um, maybe it's okay to just leave them for a bit, see maybe, you know, something grows organically over time, um, and then focus on what, you know, um, is making you either the most money um, or makes you most happy, right? Um, Ideally, those two go together. Um, so I, I can see that, you know, for, with Feinstein, there's a clear interest from the vendors to, you know, be listed or, you know, have some sponsorship deals. Um, and um, that made me realize, okay, look, I stumbled on a business that, you know, is actually beneficial to both sides um, and there is clear interest. So maybe, maybe I should double down on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, try remotely seems also to grow quite fast, right? It's a bit more of a figure. Yeah, out, uh, I think that that's a bit trickier in terms of, um, you know, monetizing it, right? Because right now, a lot of that is tech jobs. And, you know, quite a lot of companies are not really in the mood to hire more people. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, I think it's the, the, the strategy is a bit different as well. Because um, there is a bit of a delay and um I, I guess lag between your audience that grows and the way how you can monetize a marketplace right because there's always a chicken and egg problem where you have to either provide a supply or demand first i decided okay people need jobs so i used apis to sort of you know um get those jobs from various places um and um, to attract audience first And once you get that audience that's coming back to you on a recurring basis, and, you know, I've got around 20,000 people on your newsletter list right now, at some point there is definitely a potential to monetize that. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to sort of delay that until, you know, everything is working fine, and until there is a crit critical mass that is reached, and then I can go to companies say, uh, saying, look, I've got that many people on the you know, newsletter list, that many people visiting a month, um, let's do something together, right? If I would try doing that at the stage where I was much smaller and the market was much, much, much worse, then I would probably have to do that again um, um, at some point anyway. Mm -hmm. Haven't you tried to monetize the newsletter? Uh, not really. Um, right now it's, it's mainly job alerts, right? So you sign up saying... Um, Basically, you sign up wanting to get a job alert every day or every week or every month, and then you can specify 
um, a company that you want to get jobs from or an industry or a specific type of skill, right? So it's, um, I think in general, I would say provide value first and then think about, you know, how to monetize that further down the line. Because I want to make sure that, you know, the, the people are happy. So I have like an NPS um, form where people can basically say, you know, how happy they are with the product and then getting some feedback improved on, on some uh, some of that feedback already and incorporated that into the product. And then I can add the paywall or then I can add, um, you know, um, then I can focus on reaching out to employers because it's, it's, um, it's a relatively... Um, not commoditized, but um, relatively competitive markets. So in order to be able to, you know, reach out to people and say, look, I've got this thing that you can pay for, um, you have to be able to compete in some way with existing solutions, right? And that takes time. Yeah, makes sense. Super, super interesting. Um, could almost happen that we fall here into a full, full, if you were up to a full brainstorm session about try remotely, but let's maybe do this off the off the rack also like a couple of ideas here hey um i have a, a list of more questions of course like has community played a role for you like others like you who are also building businesses on the side co-education meetups whatever all of this stuff um so i think it's something i should probably do more of really um you know talking about the time management and the priorities um, I was very much focused on building for the past year or so, um, you know, putting the skills I learned into practice. Um, so uh, I definitely follow people on Twitter or read, read some, some articles, went to capital meetups, but usually it's like, I guess, focus on VC backed founders, right? So it's, it's a bit of a different ball game and, and, and priorities. Um, so I'm still figuring out and, you know, um, how to meet the, the people that are sort of you know, doing similar things. Um, so if, if there's someone there's someone listening, please do reach out. Always happy to chat. Um, but um, yeah, um, so definitely on the lookout. It also depends on the location. So um, been a few months in, in London um, at the beginning of the year. Right now, and I'm in Warsaw. So um, I think one has to sometimes go to a location that's conducive to to such things. I know there are quite, quite a lot of People are doing um, more of a bootstrapped uh, type of business in, in Bali. I know there's quite a lot of people um, in, in Lisbon as well. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll sort of, you know, do um, a, a tiny trip here and there um, just, to, just to meet a couple of folks. How would you describe yourself? Like how, not describe yourself in terms of personality, but like in terms of if you had to, if you were a character in a computer game right now, And we had to make up three words which describe which game you are playing in life, in business, right? So, for instance, you're not yeah. the consultant anymore. You're not the business school student anymore. You're not the architect anymore. How would you, which label would you give yourself? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Didn't expect that one. Uh, I think architect is pretty cool. I would, I would keep that one. <laughs> I think I, I st still very much build stuff. It's just not buildings, but, you know. Uh, everyone is, is sort of, you know, architecting their life, um, architecting my, my business in a way. So um, that that's one. Um, 
a label. I don't know. I, I, I like the, the freedom that sort of, you know, running a business gives you. I, I think in terms of the, um, the time management, um, also focusing on, on some stuff that you always wanted to do but didn't have time. So right now, if you don't have time, that's that's on you, right? It's not like your boss is telling you something to do. Um, so, you know, you know, for example, learning to code is, was on my bucket list. So, you know, being able to run your business all gave me the capital needed to, to attend the course, but also the time um, to, to do that. So that would be a second label. Um, and then the third one is, is, is just like, um, I don't know, I'm just, just um, trying new things and trying to find a script that works um, to, you know, let's say create one business and then repeat that, you know, in another business. So um, I guess some, some sort of, you know, looking for structure, uh, not meaning, but like uh, more of a structure to create a business in a, in a repeatable way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so structure might be a third label. I don't know if, if that's so, what you were looking for. Totally, <laughs> totally. Let's try to put it into a three-word thing. So we have independent, architect. Is independent the second one, right? That's what I understood from the... Freedom, yeah. yeah freedom. Whatever. Okay, freedom architect and the third one is maybe you come up with this because i think it's harder for me to interpret um yeah the, the third one it, yeah structure would be would be a good one i don't know um or you know some some sort of rigidness rigidness because i thought it had some explore or just to riff this off here with you i had some it had some explore exploration element then iterative process understand or like through iterations understanding which processes work right yeah yeah exploration um is it might be a good one right cool yeah that that works with freedom as well it's freedom to explore super interesting yeah i'm just asking this question because i'm of course like interested in um like i think speaking to you is always super insightful and i'm just trying to figure out who are you like who how can i find more access (laughs) <laughs> and how can you find like not me not for me but also for your question before how can we find more people for, like you right yeah uh, it's 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 hard I, w- I would say in general to like find um the people that are are just trying something um on their own um, i think in general probably there there's a lot more people trying to create their business but what i found after you know finishing a business school is that a lot of people are just going into either banking and con- or consulting. So from my sort of, let's say, bubble, um, there are not that many people just just trying to build their own business. And um, it's it's not easy, I would say. It's um, I probably worked um, much more on my business than than in consulting. So I wouldn't recommend if, if someone is looking to to to, to chill. And there is there's a saying that. You know, you quit your um, eighty-hour um, um, uh, work um, week job to work one hundred hours on your own business, uh, and I think that's true. Uh, but yeah, I would love to love to meet more people that are sort of, you know, striking on their own and, and doing something, you know, online business related tech. Um, yes. Always, always cool to cool to meet people. Um, maybe just super quickly, like which course did you do in London to educate yourself on on. Uh... Or where, where you learn to code? Yeah, so I, I attended Le Wagon, um, ah, okay. which is 
a French um, bootcamp um, works for me. Not sure if it works for everyone. I think they, they learn sort of, um, they, they teach the skills that, or the, the coding languages that are probably not like the most, um, you know, um, viral or, you know, uh, modern um, right now, but it's, it's, um, it's good to get the basics right and, and be able to iterate quickly. Um, I'm not sure if I would go for that specific one if I wanted to get a job, but for, you know, um, a startup founder, that, that was perfect. Yeah. And hey, then also another random question is like, do you have a process of going about picking your niches in which you're going with your businesses? Or is it just that you it, it happens and you like just you have an idea, then you execute for like two weeks, put it out there, see whether it works or doesn't? Or is there like any any formula which helped you solve this niche picking problem? Yeah, um, that's a good one. I was thinking about that myself. Um, in general, I would say there is a distinction between building a bootstrap business and, and building a, a VC business from what I've seen is that with a VC business, it's, it's usually you go for a moonshot, something that hasn't been tried before. Um, you know, you, you're trying to find that product market fit, um, which is which is hard. Um, but also, it's more of a blue ocean, right? Because when it works, you're probably one of the only ones there. Um, and, and then you scale. Um, with a bootstrap, what I found um, myself and also when I was sort of, you know, following other people is that it's more of a finding an attractive market that is growing and where you can see the competition um, because that's healthy um, and that means that there's money to be made in that space. Um, and um, ideally, there are a couple of other, you know, uh, factors such as B2B because there's some bigger willingness to spend. Um, then there's things such as some sort of recurring basis um, because that makes your business much more stable and 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 so on and so forth. So um, I think with Bootstrapped, you're looking more to be profitable from day one. So you don't have that much time to, you know, look for that product market fit. Um, you have to be able to um, create an offer or provide a service that is more of a high ticket um, ideally, you can, you know, um, get that money up front sometimes. So all those things that are conducive to building a business that you can live off and that you can use to generate uh, income to reinvest into that business to grow it, right? Um, I think that's 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 big difference. Nice, uh, super elaboration. Thanks. Really like the the differentiation here, which you made between the like the creating something new and some com something completely innovative versus betting on the market and like like riding with a market wave in terms of solopreneuring, so being the profitable one versus um, like for instance a consumer social company I used to work for, right? Which is like you know, let's create a hyper local app for hyper local communities and connect them and manage the feeds and it's uh, anonymous and like super just a different twist to a social app which is way more uh risky that's why you need to raise of course than uh, bootstrapping hey axel also with regards to time um couple of wrapping up questions so number one is like if you look back over the past year or maybe even the past two years like are there one or two moves which accelerated your development 
whether that's personal or in the professional realm where you're like, okay, wow, this was crazy. Like I would definitely tell myself to double down on those two things or three things or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think first one would be just, just, just start doing something early on as early as possible. Um, I think um, just at the university you've got so much time so just try things out quickly if you like it um grades continue if it works even better um if it doesn't just fail fast and, and move on um i think it's a great place to also meet potential co-founders so that's a that's a chance i i, I sort of um didn't use and um probably could could um, if i would you know have a do-over i would try to to find like-minded people at that stage um in terms of what I would definitely repeat again and what was, you know, change, what changed me and accelerated my growth, um, learning to code, definitely on top of the list. Um, if, mm. if you're, you know, thinking of, of starting a tech tech business, right? It's, it's not like everyone should do that. I think it's, it's always um, important to fit the right tools um, for your needs, right? And, and that was just great to have in my toolkit. Um, and then... Uh, the third one, not sure if, if, if there is a third one, honestly. Um, I think in, in general, what go, goes back to coding, just like technical skills are, are important. So like SEO as well um, for yourself, but also to be able to, to hire the right people later on, right? Because if you've done it yourself for a short period of time, at least, then you know what, what to look for in the people that you, you sort of, you know, get on board as well. Um, I think a fit check is is or like the personality check is is um, is easier because you you can sort of tell if if that's a person you would like to you know work with on an ongoing basis. But I think trying to assess this this the, the technical skill set if you don't possess one is much harder. So um, I think getting those skills early on, um, especially if if you know that they're you know super super needed and the career path you, you want to you know pursue is is important got it um similar to like are there any habits at work like any things you do like that you i don't know use a specific software you got you build this habit around i don't know looming every meeting or like uh i don't know doing like little little habits or hacks in your day-to-day -day. do you have those yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's sort of like well, everyone wants to know if there's like one hack or one habit that's going to change my life. I mean, for for me, <laughs> no, there were a couple of for me there were a couple of habits and views on work in general, which like which I consider super impactful. That's why I'm asking. Like, I'm not yeah. asking it for a weird no, no. secret sauce, but it's like <laughs> there there is actually stuff in my opinion which is like for instance if you regularly plan and reflect in daily weekly monthly intervals what you're doing and you maybe double check this also with your peers and you ask your friends you maybe go through with them the the summary which you made of the month and then you spar on this or you do this like quarterly even this yeah. can make step function changes no totally um i think it's it just det depends on the person right everyone has their own sort of style style um couple of things worked for me so i was attending sort of like a, a founder meetup a mastermind sort of um for a couple of months where there were you know founders from 
um, all sorts of different businesses, mostly tech-related, um, gathering and sharing what they've been up to, how they're progressing, um, some some tactics and stuff. So that was, that was you know helpful. Um, on a more of a personal basis, I think what you you, you said about Loom actually is is is, uh, is great. I'm I'm um, not a huge fan of writing emails. I, I actually despise them. Hmm. So um, instead of you know writing down, I can just share a quick loom um, to someone and describe what I'm after. Um, and, and that just speeds up the, the, uh, the, the whole thing much um, in, in a great way. And then the third one um, would be basically um, going to a gym just to refresh your, your mind and, and have a bit of a break from um, what you've been up to professionally, uh, something I've uh, realized relatively recently. So I, I decided to go for a personal trainer um, sort of two times a week and then um, doing um, one session on my own as well. And, and that's time just for yourself to clear your mind, forget about all the rest and obviously keep, keep yourself in, in check, um, you know, fitness wise. Um, I think that's important when you run a business. Got it. Nice. Hey, like like two two remaining questions from my side and of course also happy to... Like if you have anything to ask, Orlin, of course, if you want to do a shout out, hey, um, I haven't gone into uh, micro GPTs. So what are they called yet? What are they called? Uh, I think GPTs, right? G just sorry, yeah, just GPTs. Yeah. What do you think of them? Do you have any? Have you had any interactions with the with those GPTs? Like, have you created yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I I've actually created one. So I I used uh, Chat GPT. Uh, Oh, over a, year now, over a year now, I think, just when it came out in November, and I've used the Plus or the Premium one for, for a while right now. Um, I created one. It's interesting model, um, but what I found um, is that with GPT or like ChatGPT or, or large language models, you really want to have everything in one, right? So when I'm using, let's say, ChatGPT, I want to be able to ask about the coding question and then about a personal question and then, okay, write me an email. I don't want to like context switch all the time. So the problem with GPTs is that they're just made for one specific tiny task. So what you have to do is when you finish that task, you have to switch to another one and then to another one. So I think the concept itself is cool, but the, what made App Store such a great idea is that every app is different in terms of the UI. Mm -hmm. And here you, you get the same UI, the same experience in terms of chatting, but the, the output of that chat is different, which makes me wonder, do you really need separate GPTs for each task or can that be embedded all into one, right? Which would be much you know, easier and, and natural from a user perspective. Do you use any GPTs yourself? Like except for the general? So I, found, I found not using GPTs as, as, a, as a sort of, The, the mini GPT concept, right? I'm using Chat GPT yeah. every single day, yeah. um, and that's definitely a huge boost of productivity. I created one GPT myself, which was for finding remote jobs. So I hooked that up with a, a remote jobs database that I have uh, remotely. So you can just type, you know, find me, I don't know, um, design jobs um, in um, Australia, right? And and it's gonna, you know, give you some outputs. Um, but I've found that it's, I don't know, it's right now the product is not as, 
dependable as it could be uh, in mm -hmm. terms of um, the um, latency and sometimes it just doesn't work obviously because of the the traffic that they're getting it's hugely popular so um and, and until it's really reliable um i don't think it's, it's a viable sort of replacement of any business got it hey uh parting parting question and then of course open for anything you want to say or shout out like what's do you, what would you like to have answered for you if you could you could have answered any question in the entire realm of like what you're currently doing. Um, like, is there anything which like, of course, like aiming here at upcoming guests, upcoming episodes, or like in general, how to help you and how to bring you forward. Like, is there anything which you would yeah, like to know or like to explore or looking for? Yeah. I think how to find the right people, right? I, I tried creating um, sort of, you know, an AI business with one co-founder and a second co-founder. Um, we didn't really get that far. Um, so I think, in, you know, either as finding a co-founder or finding one of the first employees for your business, it's not an easy task. Um, one, one says that, you know, when you hire someone, you know, as a first hire, the bar is only going to get lower over time. So one has to, you know, really make great hire at the beginning or or couple of great ones um, and also it's it's a distinction i've noticed between you know the vc businesses versus bootstrap right the money um that you can offer is, is lower um the mission that you can offer is not comparable because one is you know creating moonshots and if it's going to work out no one knows but you know the mission is there um the other is, is sort of more of a established um trajectory of of, of growth um, so um it's it's something that i'm you know trying to find the right way to do it and trying to find the people that have done it successfully and it's something that's not really taught in business school um, so uh yeah um, if someone has an answer to that and, and some sort of silver bullet you know totally nice i'll also pass it on hey um Thank you very much, Axel. And then last word to you, if you want to do any shout outs or anything. Yeah. yeah. So again, thanks for the invite. It's, it's a great way to sort of, you know, meet people, um, for you to, you know, you can, you can chat with and then share that with the wider, wider audience. And, um, I definitely, you know, seen some episodes and the question to you is sort of like, how can I help to, to distribute it and, and share with the world what you're doing? For now, it's just being being on the pod. Thanks for listening to Nonlinear. If you like the content, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. Follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter. That's at IamKrishi3. Three as the number and Krishi with S-C-H-I. Reach out on any of the platforms if you have comments, questions or just want to chat.